0: This call is being recorded.
1: Welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are doing well and that you're having a great Friday. It's another fun day as the Grizzlies are headed to the Big Apple to play against the New York Knicks. But before we get into that, I'm very excited to welcome back familiar guest, frequent guest on the show. And one of our favorite guests, his name is Drew Hill of the Daily Memphian. Drew, how have you been, sir?
0: I have been fantastic. Uh, maybe not as well as the Grizzlies because they're playing awesome right now. But I have been good. Um, I think we're, we're getting towards the end of this COVID thing. I'm hopeful at least uh, with these vaccinations and everything. So I'm feeling optimistic and feeling good today. Good weather outside in Memphis. Uh, the vibes are, are excellent.
1: And that's always a good thing. And, you know, over the past year, you know, to finally be saying that with confidence, Masters weekend, baseball is going on, you know, it's wonderful. Of course, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats SAC. You can follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Obviously, as we do with every guest, we'll get to Drew's information at the end of the show. But the reason why I wanted the chance to speak with Drew is he hit the nail on the head. The weather, the Masters, baseball, all that makes things wonderful. But what makes things even better, is that this Grizzlies team, since April, since the calendar hit April, have been on all cylinders. Drew, I'll just come straight out and ask you, since you've been covering the team, or at the very least, since you've been following them, is this the most fun you've had watching this Grizzlies team play?
0: I think so. Man, the exact moment is kind of escaping me, but there was a point in last season where it was really fun because it felt like the team – like everyone was starting to realize how much the team actually liked each other and sort of the potential of the other guys, not just John Morant. And right as – Brand, I think there was a stretch where Brandon Clark was playing great. To me, the only other moment that kind of sticks out is like right when everybody was sort of having the realization of like, wow, these guys can actually – play um and this team is actually maybe a playoff team um at that point i thought it was uh you know that that interested me um but yeah right now i mean it doesn't get any more fun than this dylan brooks playing great um he's obviously one of the biggest characters on the team jaw has had some really fun post games i mean it's, everything is clicking right now and this team looks like a team that's headed to the playoffs so that's great
1: and, of course, that's the thing about it. You know, this team has been wanting to make the playoffs the entire season. And, you know, me and you have talked before about, you know, what would be the best outcome for this season. But at the end of the day, this team, you don't get in the way of this team with the desire that they have to, you know, basically bounce back from just missing it last year. You know, We'll discuss it a little bit later in the show. But, yes, things are looking up as far as the playoff potential goes. But really, you know – Again, I I agree with you. Last year when we started to realize, hey, this team is better than we expected, that probably does rival this moment. But what makes this moment so special to me, Drew, is that just overnight, this team, when uh, when opposing teams started taking away the paint, this team immediately turned weaknesses into strengths. Defending the three and shooting the three have been areas we've struggled in at times this year, but now we're doing – them effectively as possible, and we're doing it to the level where we're beating consistently good teams. It's wonderful to see the weaknesses becoming strengths. Um, you know, overnight it seems.
0: Yeah, that's that's been really fun to watch. I think um, you mentioned like that they've won four in a row. It's even better to think about the fact that they they've only lost to the Utah Jazz, the best team in the league, since March nineteenth. Like they've the best thing about the Grizzlies in this run is you're right, like, they're they're turning their weaknesses into strengths. They're also just straight up taking care of business when they need to take care of business. And to me, that's really, really encouraging. Like, the uh, last week when they played the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I'm sure we'll get into the playoff, you know, race in a little bit, but that's a game that the team has to win. They play close for three quarters. They find a way to win at the end. They're underdogs in their last three games against the Hawks, the Heat, um, and the last team is escaping me, Hawks, Heat, and Sixers. And and all three games, they come out in the second half. They play great. They find a way to win. So the Grizzlies are winning close games. They're playing good in the second half. They're shooting the ball well, like you said, which they haven't done all season long. Like, it has just been a total transformation in these last few weeks. And you, you can throw out those games against Utah. Utah is the best team in the league. They're supposed to lose to Utah. Um, so... The Grizzlies have been nothing short of awesome this month um, and even into the last month. So um, it's been really, really fun to watch so far. And you're right, the three-point shooting is, is kind of becoming
1: the story. Yeah, and, and you hit the nail on the head as well, taking care of business, you know, going back to the month of March before – March 19th there were a couple of inexplicable losses right like you know that that Sunday game against um the Thunder where the Thunder just caught fire from three in the fourth quarter losing to Golden State without Steph Curry on the front end of that back-to-back well we made up for that now by this three-game winning streak you know or or, excuse me this four-game winning streak this month but you know I'll ask the question how sustainable do you think this newfound success from three is? And I don't necessarily know if it's to the point of making 17 threes a game, but it really once again shines on the fact you mentioned Dylan, you mentioned Ja. It just really seems like the fact, Drew, that the connection between this team and Coach Jenkins and the chemistry between all of them, yeah, they may not be able to keep this up as far as shooting the three as well as they are right now. But finding that balance on offense of having different ways to win games, I do think that is more sustainable than it previously was going forward.
0: I agree. I think it's probably somewhere in the middle of how they shot earlier this season and how they're shooting now. I think at this point you can conclude that Kyle Anderson and DeAnthony Melton are both much better shooters this year than they were last year. They're just much better shooters, period, going forward. Um, And I think that alone, even with Jaws' regression from the three-point line, now he's starting to get him to fall a little bit as of late, but I think for sure you can say that he's had some regression in that area this season. Even with that, the Grizzlies are still a much, much improved three-point shooting team. That's not variance. That's positive. Like, maybe perhaps Jaws, you know... 33, 34% three point shooting last year was just some positive variance of what he actually is from the three point line. I think what you've seen from D'Anthony Melton and Kyle Anderson so far this year, like that's real. (laughs) That's that's not them just having a good year. That's like actual progress from behind the three point line. And that just adds to a team that is missing their best three point shooter all season, Jaron Jackson Jr., still on the bench, still not in, in. um, game form. So uh, I, I think it's probably somewhere in the middle because you do have shooters that have improved. But the tear that they are on right now is just so crazy. They've made 15 or more threes in four straight games. Like, but that's just not an ex- uh, uh, a, a realization, I guess, or an expectation that's very realistic. Um, but I do think that they should be shooting more threes than they were earlier this season. They're going to continue to do that, which means more of them are going to fall. I just don't know if it's as many as you've seen fall in the last four
1: games. Of course, and in time, defenses are going to adjust back. But, you know, if if defenses are now going to have to start respecting us shooting from three, we already know how good we are in the paint. So it, it definitely still plays to our advantage. So, so it'll be fun to see. Another thing that's going to be interesting to see in time, is with uh, As well as the Grizzlies have played, they've had a few players out, which makes, which makes their stretch of play even more impressive. Coming up, we're going to talk about how things are going to look once Justice and Jaron are back. Yes, a similar theme to earlier this year, but now it's going to be interesting to see how things work out. We'll discuss that with Drew when we get back on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. We all want that small yet significant step that we can take to make our days healthier. We all want that. No matter, you know, what it may be, taking a walk, you know, eating better, you know, working out a lot of different ways in which we can make our day better in terms of health. But one of the ways that you can start is getting healthier when it comes to the snacks that you eat. Now, I've got a great option for you, and that is Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, the best protein bar out there on the market with so many great health benefits, but also great for your taste buds. You can have it in the morning as breakfast. You can have it in the afternoon as a snack before or after a workout. However you choose to enjoy it, it's going to make a great addition to your day. And The wonderful thing about it is, like we just determined with the uh, Built Bar March Madness Challenge, where coconut brownie chunk was named the best tasting built bar um, uh, option, you have over 18 different options you could choose from when it comes to built bar. And that's what makes it such a great product. And to make it even better for you, if you go to if you go to BiltBar.com right now and put in the promo code LOCK15, that's LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your next order from built bar. But I can tell you this once you make built bar a part of your day, it's going to be there, there to stay. Again, go to BiltBar.com and put in the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order from built bar. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Burkowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So Drew, it has now been around six weeks since Justice Winslow returned from more than a year of being off due to his injury. Coming back. He made an instant impact, especially defensively on the boards. Those things were clear. What you expected, the areas you expected for him to make an impact, he did. But his offense certainly has been a work in progress, and it's understandable why. But with his offense kind of being, you know, a work in progress, and now him having been out for two weeks, where has Justice's return landed for you as far as being a positive, kind of being meh, or, you know, I don't really want to say it's been a negative, but kind of your reaction to the first six weeks of him being back, you know, and available um, for the Grizzlies as far as being an option on the court.
0: Yeah, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but, and I, like, there are things, some things that have translated, like I think his defense has translated. I don't think, I think that's undeniable. I wanted to see some more from Justice Winslow. I did. I, I, I wanted a little bit more than what we've seen. Um, I had some higher expectations. And the fact that he's now missed six games in a row with thigh soreness, to me, and yeah, that, that comes right after he plays his first back-to-back of the season. Um, and they had previously held him out in back-to-backs before that, and now he's missed six in a row. It's disappointing that he hasn't been able to stay on the floor. Now, the trade that the Grizzlies made that brought him back was – I mean, honestly, the only reason you acquired Iguadala was in the first place was to take the first round pick. You got a first round pick out of it, then you moved him on and you, you got a play a player like Justice Winslow, who you're kinda of taking a chance on and wanting to see what he can do, but he hasn't been able to stay on the floor. So it to me it's just it's been disappointing. Um, and I don't wanna be negative and like I'm not certainly not writing off Justice Winslow as a player. Um, because he could totally come back on fire and show that he's much better than what we've seen so far this year. But I just, and again, not discrediting him, discrediting him on defense. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I just, have been a little disappointed. I just, I I thought that he, we talked about the expectations when he first started, like you can't expect him to come out and be this offensive weapon, but he's really kind of been a non-threat in that area completely. Um, And to me, that's, a little bit disappointing, um, and I've wanted to see a little bit more from him. And that's why, and I'm sure we're getting ready to just talk about it, I just don't – I'm cu- very curious to see what Taylor Jenkins is going to do when he is healthy and available to come back. Because the Grizzlies haven't missed him since he's been out. They've been winning games when he's not in the rotation. So do you force him into the rotation when other guys are playing well? Or – Do you let him keep resting up or what do you do with him? I think it's just, it's a really interesting question. Um, And the even more, you know, interesting scenario uh, beyond that will be what the team decides to do this off season when he's going to potentially be owed $13 million on a team option. And they got to decide what they want to do. Do you keep around a guy that can't stay on the floor? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see.
1: Yeah, and I think that there are some things that you know need to be understood. Is you hit the nail on the head once again, in that I agree, it's been disappointing. The things that you expected for him to do, he's done. The things that you were hoping to see, you know, I had mentioned to you on a previous you know episode that we had talked about two questions I won't answer: Can he stay on the floor? Can he differentiate himself from what DeAnthony Melton and Kyle Anderson do? I don't think that we've got a clear answer for either one of those. Like, I I think that, you know, with what Kyle Anderson and Melton do, you know, Justice does a little bit of the same in terms of, you know, them kind of being more of defensive value guys. But the improvement of Melton and Anderson and with them being signed through next year – it seems like there's a bit of redundancy with Justice Winslow, and I won't get into too much of that. We'll, we'll we'll wait for that until the off season. But I agree with you, though, in terms of where is he in the rotation? I don't really know if the priority is there to give him the 25 minutes a game. You know, we talk about this year being data accumulation, which it still is. But this team really is in a playoff pursuit. You said the other day, I believe they've improved their chances from like 39 to 70 percent. Uh, since the start of April. And it's not like a Jaron situation where obviously you work him back into the lineup. So I agree with you. I think he's still playing, but is he a guy that you're going to play over like, like a Bain or a Melton or an, or an Anderson? I don't think so. And that takes me to justice or to Jaron Jackson, who we obviously know is going to be back this month at some point, probably towards the end of the month. But it just seems to me with how well the team is playing drew is that I don't really know. You let him play, obviously, but I just think you kind of let him come off the bench for the rest of the season. That way you're getting him reacclimated, using him, obviously, but you let the team keep rolling as they've been. Is that kind of how you would approach Jaron when he comes back, hopefully within the next few weeks?
0: Maybe. I think what matters with Jaron, what I'm sort of looking toward is, with the team playing as well as they are right now, you have that very tough seven-game road trip on the horizon that starts next week. You're going to play three games against uh, Portland, two games against Denver, a game against Milwaukee, I think a game against the Clippers. So it's going to be really – that's a really tough stretch. Those are games you might lose anyway. (laughs) And I think if you can get Jaron on the floor for those games, it it creates a low-pressure opportunity because – you're kind of expected to lose those games. And so if if you want to throw him in the starting lineup or you want to get him more minutes um, or ramp up his minutes during that stretch, I feel like if there's any time to do it, that's the time. And then when you play the opponents that you're supposed to beat when you close the season in May, I think their last 10 games are against very winnable opponents, then you're hoping you have Jaron informed by then. Um, so... The question of start off the bench, what you do with him in that scenario, I don't, like, I think it, that matters. But I'm not sure that it matters as much as when he comes back. Because if he comes back right before they're, they're going to play that those stretch of games that they need, let's say they drop, you know, the majority of that road trip, which I think everybody sort of expects that they will. Um, they, they go two and five or they go one and six on that seven-game road trip and you come back and you have games you need to win because the playoff gap has closed, which that may not even happen looking at Golden State and San Antonio. But just in this scenario, when you come back and you have games you want to win, you don't want to be throwing Jaron Jackson Jr. in there, you know, when he's super rusty for a bunch of minutes when he could actually hurt the team. I mean, obviously he's going to help the team in the long term, but in the short term he may not be as effective as you want as you want him to be you don't want him hurting the team in games you absolutely need to win. <laughs> so to me, what I'm looking at when it comes to Jaron Jackson Jr. Is is he coming back next week before the road trip, or is he coming back, quote, at the end of the month, like they've been mentioning? I think it's way more beneficial for him to be back next week. Um, so and I, and my colleague, Chris Harrington at the Daily Memphian, um, he has predicted – now this is a, just a total guess. He doesn't have any insight information, but he, he's sort of thinking the same thing, like – OK, if Jaron comes back, especially with the timing of when he spoke to the media, it would make a lot of sense for him to come back next week. Um, and I think schedule wise, that'd be very beneficial. But as far as bench and, and starter, I don't I don't think it really matters. But I think you want him in the starting lineup by the time you get to that play in game, um, just because that's where he's going to be. And uh, if the season is about determining the future of this team you want to see him next to the starters. So um, to me, it's more about timing in the schedule, less about where he plays.
1: A lot of great points there. And, and and the way that you laid it out was perfect, Drew. I, I think it makes a ton of sense. And at the end of the day, if you bring him back next week, I mean, I know that everything, especially with Taylor Jenkins and Zach Kleiman, it's very particular. It's very organized as it should be. But even if you bring him next week, I, I love the idea of putting him in those low pressure situations in those games. That, you know, we want to be competitive, but at the end of the day, we're playing better teams. But you don't have to sit there and play him 25 minutes a night just because you bring him back next week. You're already going to sit him likely on the second night of back to backs. If you want to play him, you know, ramp him up and then, you know, maybe not play him so many minutes another game, you can still manage it. But I agree with you. I think giving him a month to be able to get going, really get into his group of things before that playing game certainly would be awesome to see. But what also has been awesome to see is just how nice the playoff picture is falling into place for the Grizzlies before that this big 7 game road trip c- is coming up. Coming up on this show, though, I'm going to talk with Drew a little bit more about that as we wrap up this edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. It is finally here, America's national pastime, and that is baseball. And I'll tell you this, as much as I love the Grizzlies, I love the Braves and baseball just as much when it comes to baseball season. But the great thing is, is that it doesn't matter what fan or what sport you're a fan of, you've got plenty of options right now to enjoy. Baseball getting started, the stretch runs of basketball and hockey, college baseball, UFC, soccer around the world. No matter what sport you cheer for, what athletes you love, I've got the great place for you to enjoy that has you covered that you can trust if wagering and betting is part of what makes you have fun as a fan and that's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use the mobile device and use the promo code LOCKEDON to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline your online sportsbooks experts visit BetOnline.ag today get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's nba draft with the locked on nba draft podcast scouting reports draft rumors mock drafts and full coverage four days a week from credentialed draft experts follow the locked on nba draft podcast on the odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts so drew through three weeks ago i think we were all looking at playoff scenario just kind of looking and seeing how it would play out all this different stuff but it's been amazing to me since this March 19th stretch where we've only lost to the Jazz. Back on March 19th, I think that all of us were kind of looking at it as like, you know, I'm glad to play in scenarios there. That's going to give us our chance. But with how much the Grizzlies have been winning and other teams have been losing, the, the mindset's kind of changed for me at least, now I'm like, Dad burn it! why is this playing game in place? Because I just, I think that we've got the best shot at that eighth seed, and I don't want to have to sit here and put it up for chance anymore. I want it to be the old style. It's kind of been amazing how mindsets have changed with how well the Grizzlies have played. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah,
0: it it really does look like they're headed for that, that number eight spot. Um, you mentioned the stat that I tweeted out, uh, 39% to 70%. That's just one of the metrics. I I use TeamRankings.com a lot um, simply because one of the founders is from Memphis, and I like having the local attachment there. Um, But, uh, you know, 538 does metrics. I believe that they have the Grizzlies at, like, a 70% chance of making the playoffs. And the Ringer, or maybe that's the Ringer. I might be mixing them them up. But 538 and the Ringer both have them. And everybody has the Grizzlies' over 60% chance of making the playoffs at this point. Um, and that's obviously very, very good news. The way that I've sort of looked at the playoff picture, uh, the last few, honestly, for since right before this four game win streak was take that seven game stretch out. And obviously that's what a lot of people want to talk about is the seven game road trip that starts next week, all against very good teams. And, um, you take that out, and if you just conservatively guess that the Grizzlies go two and five over that stretch, Grizzlies, by the way, eight and seven as away underdogs this season, straight up, one eight, uh, eight of 15 on the road as an away underdog, which is really impressive. So I'm not counting them out of any of those games um, because they've proven that they can win those games on the road. Um, so that's obviously very, very good. Like the, the, the Guessing two and five for the Grizzlies over that seven-game stretch is conservative, but if they do go two and five, you just look at the rest of the schedule. I think with 27 games to go, I I said, all right, well let's look at the other 20 games, and easily 14, 12 to 14 of them, you you go. Well, the Grizzlies are definitely going to be favored in those, and that's about the amount of games that they need to win to um, you know, to go 500. And if they go 500. You're feeling great about their chances of being in the eighth seed. Well, everything has kind of shifted from then, positively for the Grizzlies. Um, the Grizzlies already had a good chance at that point. I was one of the first people saying, "I this is going to trend their way at the end of the season. I see it. I can see it. Um, and you've already started to see it because Golden State is, doesn't look interested in making the playoffs. Do they really want to go through it when they don't have Clay Thompson? How invested are they, or would they rather have another chance at a top pick? I, I think the answer is the top pick. And then New Orleans has been super inconsistent. They beat good teams this year, but they've also lost to really bad teams. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10, and they keep losing to bad teams. Um, the Kings have slipped. They've lost, I think, five in a row. And then the Spurs have the third toughest schedule in the NBA the rest of the way. They're going to play really tough teams. They don't seem as interested in the playoffs as the Grizzlies either. So everything right now is going the Grizzlies' direction, and as as long as the Grizzlies can upset, win a few of these games that they're probably supposed to lose, just a couple of them, and take care of business against bad teams, it looks an awful lot like they're going to be in that eight spot. And to me, that's critical based on the new the way the new play-in tournament is is set up.
1: It certainly is, and, and you know, me and you talked about it, you know, at, at we uh, before the show, me and uh, Drew had talked about the Masters and how the last time the Masters had been played, it was back in November of last year, which was right before the season, and we had talked about what the outlook was of this team, and if I remember correctly, you know, we were talking about playoffs, we thought that it would be nice to get that lottery pick, but this year I will say it does seem like the best scenario is playing out because the Grizzlies themselves, obviously, you know, hell yeah, was what um, uh, 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 Dylan Brooks said at the beginning of the year when it came to the playoffs. But this year, it's not that they're getting a lot of outside help kind of like they were last year. They're not, you know, slipping and sliding being inconsistent into it. They are legitimately, you know, like validating their claim to that eight spot and they're doing it by playing well and with the whole roster improving. So I really think that if you could think of any way for them to make it to the playoffs, I would think that the way that it's happening now has to far and away be the best scenario. Wouldn't you agree?
0: Yeah, this is this is what you want. You want to leave no doubt, too. Like, you don't want to back in to the playoffs and go, well, we're probably not a playoff team, but we just – didn't tank quite as good as everybody else. <laughs> now I'm like, yeah, that's not what you want. Um, you you want to be a team that is like a, a playoff team and has looked like a playoff team heading into the end of the year. You're gonna have a real opportunity to do that. To not only look like a playoff team, but look like a team that could win a couple games in the playoffs, even against a, a tough opponent. Because you got games against Portland, you got games against Denver, you got a game against Milwaukee. Like you, you still have opportunities to log some good wins and feel really good about yourself the rest of the way, if you're, if you're Memphis and they've already accomplished that to some degree and you'd hate for them to back in. Um, and it, it, it's, let's be honest, it could be easy. It, it could be an easy thing for the Grizzlies to back in because they're going to play some bad teams at the end of the year. Once they get past this, this road trip. And if if you lose some of those games, you won't be feeling so, so hot going into the play-in. So Um, you definitely got to take care of business at the end of the year and really feel like a playoff team, but it would be nice and a huge confidence boost if they could just get maybe three of seven of that seven game stretch or four, four would be amazing at that point. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a good year for the Grizzlies. I, I don't think there's any doubt. And as long as they don't screw it up at this point, it looks like they're headed for the playoffs, which is what they've said they wanted to do all year long. I just wish, you know, what I wish, Sean. The one thing I want is I wish that we could get them to just embrace it and and go playoffs or bust the rest of the way. But if you ask a playoff question, you you know you're not getting that answer. You're you're getting, oh, we're just trying to be the best version of ourselves, one game at a time, whatever. You know, no, nah, I, I wish they would just sell out and say, hell yeah, we just want to go to the playoffs. You know, that 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 would be a lot more fun from our perspective.
1: I don't think it's going to happen, but, Drew, I'm going to be honest with you to piggyback off that, I would love for them to catch Dallas. And and I th- obviously there's still a chance. I don't see it happening because Dallas is playing quite well. But if this Grizzlies team can find some way to catch up with Dallas, I think they may have at least a game left with them. But if they could find some way to catch up with Dallas and win the division, I think that would just be phenomenal. We'll see. I don't anticipate it happening. But, but the thing that you hit on the head was that – these close games versus Milwaukee, the close game versus Denver, the three versus Utah—those games where we didn't win but we played well—really set us up for this type of stretch where we've been able to beat three Eastern Conference playoff teams currently in a row. And now this seven-game playoff stretch coming up—you know, it's just a continued growth opportunity. So I agree with you 100%. Playoffs or bus would be a lot of fun. But Drew, I have a question for you real quickly. And this—wait, this wait, I,
0: I, I want to go I, ahead. I want to. I want to riff on Dallas real quick, because I think a lot of Grizzlies fans <laughs> are the same thing. I wish they could find a way to catch Dallas. Here's why they're not going to catch Dallas. The rest of the way, Dallas is going to play two games against the Lakers without LeBron and Anthony Davis. They've still got the Kings, the Warriors, the Pistons. They've got a game against the Wizards. <laughs> They've got two games against the Cavs. they got a game against the Raptors and a game against Minnesota. Their schedule's super easy the rest of the way. They're going to win a lot of those games. That's just... your point. Just... Of course, you should be optimistic, but uh, for that reason, I'm I'm just not even entertaining that idea right now. Maybe I'll maybe I'll sound dumb, and the and the Mavericks will lose some games that they um, are supposed to win. But I just don't see it at this point.
1: So the question that and and that's a great point. I I think it's very unlikely. It with the schedule being that way, I I can understand it. Drew, if you had one person. Who was associated with the city of Philadelphia? Your favorite person since you've been alive that's associated with the city of Philadelphia? Who would it be?
0: Oh my gosh! So this is like this like includes historical figures and everything. I mean, got- I've got friends in Philadelphia. I, I would, I feel like I should say them, but I guess I would say like I don't know, maybe Tony Luke. Right? He he's got some good cheesesteak spots. No. Gotcha. Ben Franklin, he's a good
1: pick. I was going to guess Will Smith, but, but, but we'll go with Ben Franklin just for the heck of it. But here's the question. Here's the question I like- that I have for you. If you had your choice of having a Philly cheese steak delivered to you the way that you wanted it by Ben Franklin, or you had the choice of having a gold steak itself delivered to you by Salt Bay in person in Miami, which one would you go with?
0: Um, I want to try the gold steak. And I, I like a good Philly cheesesteak. Trust me, I do. I like a good Philly cheesesteak. I like the people in Philly. I think Philly has great people. I actually had a guy, I want to shout this, this guy out, who DM'd me this morning on Twitter, because I said on, on my podcast at the Daily Memphian, Chris, that I thought putting ketchup on a cheesesteak was weird. And this guy DM'd me and said, he's from Memphis. He lives in Philadelphia now. And he's been living in Philadelphia since he graduated from Penn State in 2013. His name is David Patchen. I hope I didn't mess up his name. And he said, ketchup on a cheesesteak is normal, you doofus. That's what he said. And I you know what? I deserved every bit of it. I got a good laugh out of it. So shout out to David. That was hilarious. I'm sure he listens to your podcast too. And he's going to hear this and DM me again. Um, But I got a really good chuckle out of that one. But the answer is still Gold Steak from Salt Bay. Uh, I want to believe Dylan Brooks when he told me that it tastes the same. It just costs more. But I want to try it for myself because I don't think I would spend $276 on a steak. I don't think I've ever had a steak that's worth that much money. So to me, I think that steak would taste different. So I'm going Salt Bay.
1: I, like I said, I called it State Gate earlier. I never knew that that would be the defining moment of our season when we started playing better. But, hey, whatever works, so we'll take it. But, Drew, it's always an absolute pleasure because of how awesome you are when it comes to the Grizzlies and your perspective. Obviously, always great stuff from you, Chris, Jeff, and, and others over at the Daily Memphian. What do you have in store that you can tell us uh, coming up in April that people can be looking out for? Obviously, you know, we're five weeks out from the end of the season as the stretch run of the Grizzlies in the NBA season comes into full focus here soon.
0: Yeah, honestly, uh, Chris and I are kind of just tag teaming things right now. There's so many games. Have, I've mostly just been taking the games, and he's been taking other stuff. Um, I do two newsletters a week. I try and write fun stuff in that area. I'll write about cheesesteaks. I write about the playoff race over there too. I do a notebook once a week. Um, But uh, other than that, yeah, just make sure you you keep following along with all the game coverage. It's been really fun. I've got to add a few bonus sections um, every night, whether it be cheesesteaks or gold steak. Um, So yeah, hopefully we have a a Grizzlies playoff run in the mix. And it's going to be a busy month, but it's going to be a fun month. Um, to follow the Grizzlies, and hopefully by late May, the Grizzlies are still playing basketball. Uh, I think that there's a, a good chance that that could happen.
1: And how awesome would it be if the way things are trending right now, and hopefully this will stay the same, how awesome would it be to see a playoff series where we get Mike Conley to come back to maybe, at not full. I don't know about full capacity, but at least – Quite a bit of fans in the FedEx form. I think that was quite the narrative uh, to play out. Um, but uh, but that Drew, would, yeah. um, go ahead.
0: Yeah, that would be awesome. So I honestly, I think any of those series would be great. Uh, bringing him back or bringing back um, the the son, the who they beat on MLK Day with with Chris Paul, like whoever it, it ends up being. If if the Grizzlies do get a first-round playoff series, obviously the Jazz is the best storyline. But either way, I think it's going to be a ton of fun.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's going to be really fun to see. That's the thing that always was amazing about the grit and grind era was the, was the crowd and the atmosphere as much as it was the on-court action. I'm ready to get another stretch run of a decade or so of that with John Jaron. But for Drew Hill, uh, you can find him at DrewHill underscore DM on Twitter. Of course, you can follow the show at Locked on Grizz myself at StatsAC, StatsSAC, all the great stuff over at the Daily Memphian, their articles. The podcast is the Daily Memphian podcast. Is that right? Am I correct? I may be wrong on that name, Drew. Correct me. Daily if I'm Memphis wrong. Grizzlies
0: Podcast.
1: But yeah, Day- that,
0: that, you got it right. Yep.
1: Daily Memphis and Grizzlies Podcast. Him and uh, Chris and others. It, it, it doesn't get much better than that when it comes to covering the Grizzlies. But for Drew Hill, my name's Sean Coleman. Please listen, subscribe, review, enjoy the show. And we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies Podcast. Drew, that was a It is finally here, America's national pastime, and that is baseball. And I'll tell you this, as much as I love the Grizzlies, I love the Braves and baseball just as much when it comes to baseball season. But the great thing is, is that it doesn't matter what fan or what sport you're a fan of, you've got plenty of options right now to enjoy. Baseball getting started, the stretch runs of basketball and hockey, college baseball, UFC, soccer around the world. No matter what sport you cheer for, what athletes you love, I've got the great place for you to enjoy that has you covered that you can trust if wagering and betting is part of what makes you have fun as a fan and that's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use the mobile device and use the promo code LOCKEDON to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline your online sportsbooks experts visit BetOnline.ag today. Get more analysis on the top prospects available with this year's NBA Draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts.